please bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, you challenge us to do more than the law requires. You challenge us to love as you love. Give us courage to follow your example. And give us your spirit to overcome our failings. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, uh, we had uh, the beginning of Jesus' uh, sermon on the plain, as it is in Luke. It's not on the mountain in Luke. It's on uh, a level place. Um, But it's the same content, uh, roughly, as Matthew has Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount. Because in both cases, they have collected much of what Jesus was teaching his disciples, his followers, what he was uh, declaring, this is the life that I want you to understand. And so last week, remember that description, uh, that familiar description is known as the Beatitudes or the blessings and woes as they are in Luke, uh, set for us a framework for life that was not about what we get out of it, but was descriptive of the truth that no matter whether things are going great and we have plenty or things are are a struggle and we have next to nothing. God remains for us. And it is not the amount that we have that makes us important, but the one who calls us to follow. That's the framework we have for understanding what Jesus is going to do. And remember last week I asked the question, what did Jesus ask you to do today in those blessings and woes? And the answer is nothing. Nothing. He didn't say you had to do a darn thing last week. He said no matter what you do, whether it's successful or whether it fails, God is with you. And that becomes the bedrock of how you live life. That becomes the motivation for how you live through and who you live for. I told you also that this week Jesus would shift gears and he would have much for you to do. Well, promise fulfilled. In our word today, Jesus starts with word after word after word of command language. It's not a question. Could you love your enemies? Could you do good to those who have done harm to you? It's not an invitation. It's not a, a statement that says, it would be nice if you would do this. As we will see in the red letter challenge uh, that calls us to pay attention to these words of Jesus that in many Bibles are written in red. All of today's gospel is written in red. And all of today's gospel is Jesus speaking to us about what he longs for us as followers to do. We have an interesting way of of using these challenging words of Jesus and, and turning them into something that we think about 
something that we acknowledge would be a really good way of life, something that uh, uh, would be something that we should aspire to, but seldom do we make them what Jesus called them. This is our to-do list. We are much more comfortable with Jesus simply saying, I'd like for you to consider this. What would your life be like if you were to? So on and so forth. That's not what Jesus said. As much as I I would love to tell you that's what Jesus meant, I don't think it's what he meant. I think when he said to his disciples on that day, by the lake of Gennesaret. When he turned to them and said, love your enemies, I think that's exactly what he meant. Do good to those who hurt you. I think that's exactly what he meant. Forgive those who have wronged you. That's exactly what he meant. This is to be our way of life. And it's meant to be held together with what we heard last week. No matter if it brings you good, all of those things on the, on the side of the equation of life that we talked about last week, wealth, happiness, a good reputation, um, plenty uh, in our stomachs, and on our tables. We all want that. We celebrate that when we have. And Jesus does not tell us not to. He just says those things aren't what we're about. And when you have them, it's great. But they aren't the thing that make you important. They aren't your way of life. They aren't your goal. When you don't have them, it doesn't mean that you're a failure. You still have God's kingdom. You still are loved by God. You will be comforted. God will bring joy to you again. There is, these are all temporary things, but God is eternal and his relationship for you will not change so that when you are in all of these circumstances, our focus is not on the circumstance, but on the one who is with us in it the one who empowers us in the middle of all of the things that we are dealing with today, that is the one that we are to pay attention to. And that one, my friends, is Jesus Christ. And what he says to us as he continues in that message that we have today is that there will be enemies out there who will try to throw you off your path. Is he right? (laughs) Of course. Of course he's right. But here's what's so amazing. As he unpacks this story, he does it twice, right? He does the first, the first run through. But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. From anyone who takes your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs of you. And if anyone takes your goods, do not ask for them again. Here's the, here's the clincher. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Right? We know that is the golden rule. 
Do to others as you would have them do to you. You see, what we would be much more comfortable saying is do to others as they have done to you. And here's the thing. That's actually what the law says is appropriate and okay. In the Old Testament, there are 600-some laws that guide how we live as God's people. Jesus actually fulfills them and replaces them with one. Not two, but one. Love. Love. Love God, love others. You look at all this list, it's really only one word. Love. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Love them. You say, but they don't love me. Love them. You say, well, they don't show it very well. Well, you love them. That's the first time through. The second time, he, he gives examples, right? He, he takes away from command language and he goes into example language. If you love those who love you. Then there's this strange little twist here. It says, what credit is that to you? As if we're building up a bank account for Jesus to reward us someday because we did this better than everybody else. That's not, what, that's not actually the language here. In fact, the word that's translated credit, I, I'd like to, if you have your Bible with you, just scratch that out and put grace there because that's the word. The word in Greek is charis. It's not, it's not credit. It's gift or grace. It's the word that we use for, for that that comes to us that we don't deserve. This isn't about earning your way. This is about giving a gift. And so I think it would be much better for us to hear these phrases in a different way. It says, if you do good to those who, if you, if you love those who love you, what kind of grace is that? If you do good to those who do good to you, what kind of gift is that? If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what kind of gift is that? That's what he's getting at. He says these aren't really gifts if that's what you're doing. They're still about you. I love those who love me because it makes me feel better. And it keeps them loving me, which is what I want. And so it all becomes about what I want. I lend to those who lend to me because someday I'm going to need them. And so I'm winning curry for my, I'm, 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 I'm winning it for myself. That's, that's not really love. That's not really giving. That's not really grace. I forgive those who will forgive me. But if you're not going to forgive me, then forget about it. No, that's not really forgiveness. That's just all about me. And real love is not about me. It's about him. It's about the love of a God who gives his life for sinners. You have 
enemies, monsters in your life. And we are tempted always to identify them with other people. I find the greatest monsters in my life don't live outside of me, but in me. And I find that first and foremost, I have to I see them first and foremost in others. But every time I get so angry with somebody else, it's generally because I know how much I struggle with that myself. And I've worked so hard and they seem to not notice. They seem to not care about this thing that I know is important. That's where he ends. Do not judge. And you will not be judged. The, the same thing that I said about grace and reward, it's, it, the reward is not something coming later. The reward is the act of living this way. The reward is, this is who we are now. And when we give real gifts of grace, real gifts of love, when we respond not with the hatred that is shown to us, but with the love that has been given to us, the world starts to be transformed one person at a time, and probably that first person will be you. What makes the difference in facing our monsters is that when we face our monsters as Christians, our goal is not to is not to destroy them, but to transform them. When we face our monsters in ourselves, in others, in the, in the world, our goal is not that we are somehow going to get rid of them. <laughs> you know what? They're going to show up again. Our goal is to transform them. I'll give you one other thing to think about with this. Just... Just think for a moment about where, about those experiences that have been really hard in your life, but you've gotten through. The phrase that goes, gets thrown around culturally today is whatever, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? And I say, well, but I never know if it's gonna, if I'm gonna survive or not, right? Um, it'd be nice to know I'm gonna get through it. You know what? You do know. If you don't hear the words of Paul about this one we know as Jesus, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, neither height nor depth. Nothing. Neither death nor life. Nothing. Can separate you from God. He is your source of life. And he lives. So you can trust that. 
and you can live today in the face of your monsters with love. Love that transforms. Love that overcomes. Love that produces growth in the midst of challenge. Love that recognizes when I meet somebody that seems to have it all and it irritates me so much because I can never get there. (laughs) I don't have to respond with jealousy, judgment, hatred. I can respond with love that calls me to receive and to give and to let God give through both of us to make the world a better place. How do we face our monsters today? Not by our power or might or our ability to crush them, to get rid of them, but by God's ability and might that is at work in you that has already received us sinners, monsters ourselves, and said, I love you. And we, like Jesus, put out our arms and see that the world is better we hold together. May the one word of your life in Jesus Christ be love, not only for those who love you, but for all whom Jesus loves. Amen.